Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is Brandon Allen, and I am excited to bring you some management and leadership tips for today, specifically in the area of communication. When I first started out as a leader in the corporate world, my communication was less than ideal. It was very passive aggressive. I allowed people to make excuses, give me information that really wasn't helpful to solving problems. And I really struggled in the area of confrontation and talking specifically to people about where they're showing up at work, how they're showing up. And what they want to do differently. So, if you've heard past, you know, if you've heard past podcasts, you've heard my, you know, having tough conversations at work. If you've been to my workshops, you've heard me talk about my four part model of, you know, how I take people through a conversation. And look, I can talk about this again and again and again. And so, I want to just preface the podcast with my four part model of how we have healthy conversations and kind of walk through just some things that employees tend to say that sound good, but don't really say anything. And so as I get into that, the first thing that I want to do when I'm talking with people is I want to be supportive. I want to fight for my team. I want to be supportive of my team member. I'm not having a confrontational conversation about improvement because I don't like the employee or that I want them to fail or I want to make their life harder. In fact, my attitude should be that I'm trying to do the exact opposite of that. I'm trying to support this person. I'm trying to help them do their best work. I am committed to that process. That's why we're having the conversation. So number one is to be supportive. Number two, state the issue clearly at hand. Be very clear about what you're talking about and why. And again, it's very easy for managers and leaders to get into a situation where they start talking around the issue rather than just coming at the issue straight on and being very clear and direct about what they're actually talking about with that person. Number three, work together for a solution. This is where we kind of get into issues here, and I'm going to come back to this, but we work together with people for a solution. Number four is follow up. And that's obviously really hard for busy leaders and managers as well is to remember to create that accountability and follow up so that our words really have meaning. So let me go back to working together for a solution. Now, when we state the issue at hand, now we've got to give it back to the person that we're talking about and kind of go from, you know, kind of kind of figure out, okay, well, how did we get here? And so there's answers that people give And when I say people, I mean employees that they give to us as leaders that aren't really helpful, but they actually sound helpful. What am I talking about? I'll give you a few of these phrases that we hear. Uh, And four of them sound helpful. One of them clearly is not helpful, but you'll get the idea here. Number one, I'll work on that. Hey, John, I noticed this wasn't done, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I'll work on that. Okay, great. I'll do better. Sounds good. I don't know. That's not really helpful. I'll try harder. Well, that's nice. Or it's someone else's fault. 
These are things that we will give as answers when we don't want to accept responsibility for what it is that we're doing. I'll do better. I don't know. I'll try harder. I'll work on that. I mean, look, sounds great. I get it. Oh, man, they don't know. I mean, if they don't know, what are they supposed to do? But I want to create real accountability with my conversations. And if someone gives me an abstract answer, I don't really know that there's going to be any improvement. So when we talk about empowering people and we talk about creating efficiency within our business, the efficiency gets created when we're efficient with how we handle issues. And accepting I'll do better or I'll work on that as an answer is not an efficient way to do this. Now, I'm bringing this up because I keep hearing this again and again and again. I get a leader who wants to talk to me about an issue they had with an employee. We walk through how they addressed it, and we walk through what the employee committed to doing differently, and they say, well, I'll work on it. I'll work on it is not a commitment at all. I don't even know what the hell that means. Well, what will you work on? You've been working on it, and it's not working. (laughs) So what does I'll work on it mean? And as a leader, I always go back to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. One who has insight draws them out. I've got to be very clear about what I'm trying to do with my employees in in this type of a situation. What is the issue at hand? What is the real issue that's going on here? What is the issue that I'm trying to solve or fix? That is the issue that I'm trying to get to. I'll work on that is something that if I'm trying to get to the deep heart, the the deep waters of someone's heart, I need to figure out what's really getting in their way. And it's not because they're not failing because they're not working on it. They're failing because of something else that's getting in their way. Now, this could be a desire issue. It could be a will issue or it could be a lack of skill. I need to determine, is this a skill issue or is it a will issue? Is it something that I need to train them on that they just don't have the skill for? Or is it just a desire issue? Is it like, hey, I hate my job or I don't really enjoy doing this. I try to avoid it when I, whenever I can. Is it one of those two issues? I, I need to ask questions to figure that out. So I'll work on it or I'll do better or I'll try harder. Those are all in the same vein of, uh, of, of the same issue. So I'm going to ask that question. Well, hey, tell me more about what that means. What do you think working on it would look like? Or hey, tell me what got in your way last time. Was it a lack of understanding? Was it a lack of resources? Was it a lack of time? What got in your way? Now, I'm asking this question not because I want excuses per se, but I want to know what got in their way. And I want to keep this person in the driver's seat to solving their problem. So I'll work on that. Tell me what that means. And I want to come up with a specific game plan for how we're going to improve going forward. For instance, if someone's late, okay, hey, you were late. What are you going to do differently next time? Well, I'll try harder. Okay, well, time out. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean you're going to try harder? What what got in your way today? You know, and if, you know, and I may not have that in depth of a conversation the first time someone's late. Maybe they're the first time they're late in eight years. Um, but if they're chronically late, we need to get to the issue of what's getting in their way. There's, there's a process flaw in this person's approach that's getting in their way. And that's what I really want to get to the root of is what is going on there. And I've got to be able to ask good questions. And a lot of times we don't do this because either in the moment we just think, well, that sounds okay. Or sometimes we don't give ourselves the time to have a proper conversation. So we want to kind of hurry through it. 
So we allow them to say, well, I'll work on that or I'll do better. And we just leave it at that. And so I want to, again, paint the big picture of why this thing is important and, and help them come to something that's very tangible. There's tangible action steps that both of us can look at and say, okay, are you doing these things to hopefully get a different result down the road? I want to be very clear about that. Now, sometimes people say, I don't know. Now, that's a really, that, that's a stumper, right? Hey, I don't know. And now we're sitting there like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. I, well, if, if they don't know, then do I know? And I'm always very clear about this because I've had experience with this as a leader. I can't fix other people's problems. They're the ones that got into the problem. They're the only ones that are really qualified to get out of the problem. So when someone says, I don't know, I will typically say something like, well, I don't know either. So where do we go from here? What if you did know? What would you do? And look, this is really challenging and it's hard to get into this space. And a lot of times leaders are just like, you know what? This is bullshit. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this conversation. It's so stupid. I'm not doing it. But if you want to create empowered people, and look, most of the leaders and business owners that I talk with want more time, more freedom. They want their team to engage more. If that's you, if you want that, this conversation has to happen because you've got to invite someone to think strategically about their own problems. If I have employees who can't solve their own problems, these are employees that always bring their problems through me. It's always got to stop at the Brandon stop. Here comes the problem train. It's going to stop at you know the Brandon stop, and this is what's going to happen. I don't want people bringing their train to my stop that's a problem train. I don't want it. I want them to figure it out and and work through that issue. You know, Steve Jobs said, and and you know, I hear this. You know, Steve Jobs said we don't hire people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And I've heard a lot of leaders talk about bringing people along slowly or how they treat new people. And look, I think sometimes we can treat employees with kid gloves a little too much and we can be a little too, uh, you know, a little too hands on with that person. But I've got to allow this person to figure out how do they solve a problem? Okay, you have a problem. You need to go through and figure out how you're going to move through this. I now look, I can guide the conversation. I can help you come up with a solution as an employee. But I can't come up with a solution for you because if I do, you haven't taken any ownership of that. You haven't even put any thought into it. So you're losing out on that experience to really empower yourself to solve that problem the next time it comes up or solve a similar problem, knowing that you now have the confidence that you can do that. So don't accept I don't know as an answer. I don't know is really tough because we want to say, gosh, well, you know, maybe they don't know. So I got to help them. And look, you can ask some questions to kind of jog their thought process and get them thinking, but put them in the driver's seat to really think about what's going on and why. Now, the last thing I said was it's someone else's fault. So we get, you know, uh, my favorite bullshit saying is uh, it's someone else's fault. This person did it or whatever. I always go back to an employee who says that and say, listen, I hear you blaming it on Tom, but... I'm having a conversation with you. So why do you think I'm talking to you if it's Tom's fault? Well, geez, I don't know. Well, great. Why don't you think about it and think about why I am talking to you? There's a reason why. So think about what that looks like for you. And 
I, I want to be very clear with people that, look, I'm having a conversation with you specifically for a reason. There is a reason that we're having this conversation specifically, and it's because of something or some way that you're showing up as an employee. So I want you to think about what that is and think about what we can do to solve that specific problem. So look, when you get faced with situations where you're confronting behavior and you get a very vague, abstract answer to uh, a solu- for a solution to a problem, just know that because there's no specificity in that solution, there's no drive, that, that there's no lift that's going to be created or motivation that's going to be created in that conversation for this person to change. In fact, it's very likely that you're going to have the same conversation again. And so if you want to be efficient with your time in confrontation, if you want to empower people, allowing them to create some real specificity for how they're going to move forward and how they're going to solve problems will literally change the way you do things. And when you have a team of people who are working empowered, who know how to solve their own problems, that leaves you to do your best work. And the cool thing about business owners and leaders is we're problem solvers. We'll solve problems. We love to solve problems. That also can be to our own detriment. Because we love to solve problems, we're always trying to solve problems. But there are problems that we should solve that are higher level There are problems that we shouldn't solve that are lower level that our employees should handle so that we can be freed up to do our best work for the business. That's what's most important. So I'm not doing this because I want to be mean or I want to bust people's chops, but I want to use it as a learning tool to help them work through a problem, come up with a concrete solution, which look, studies show that when someone has a concrete path for working they are going they're more likely to hit that path when it's very objective but if i make it subjective and and nebulous there's there's no lift that's really going to be created there i'm i'm in danger of now having to have that conversation again down the road whether it be 2 weeks from now a month from now or 6 months from now this same problem is going to rear its ugly head if i don't get out in front of it so think about what you can do think, think about as a leader when you are working on your confrontation skills, when you're working on your listening skills. And this is a huge one right here. This is listening for what's really going on. Be aware of these phrases and think about how you want to approach these phrases when they come up so that you can have a powerful conversation for your team so they can be empowered and do their best work so that you can then have the time freed up to do your best work as well. So if you found this helpful, please share it. Rate the podcast in iTunes. Go to newworkrevolution.com if you want to know what we're doing in terms of workshops, other uh, other podcasts, articles, things like that. If you have a question about a show topic, please hit us up on the contact form on the contact page, and we would love to hear from you. So thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.